0: How to avoid becoming a victim of ransomware. It's not just you. There are a lot of random phrases that trigger virtual assistance. Good earbuds for just $28. What, what? Plus your tech questions answered. What's going on? I'm Rich DeMiro, and this is Rich on Tech, the podcast where I talk about the tech stuff I think you should know about. It's also where I answer the questions that you send me. My name is Rich Demiro, tech reporter at KTLA Channel 5 in Los Angeles. Say hello to producer Megan. What's up?
1: Hello. How's it going?
0: It is going well, you know, as well as things can go during a major pandemic.
1: I know. It's
0: good. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's going. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you were off last week. So how did that yes. go? Yes.
1: Yeah, no, it's, I think it's important to at least take some me time like once a year or, you know, I, it was nice to just get a little break. I like didn't go on social media. I just that's, like. That's, the, ha- see,
0: this is the secret to a vacation <laughs> in 2020. Literally just turn off your phone and you're on vacation. Yeah. Do you know how tough oh, yeah. it is to do that, though? Like, so how many times did you sneak on? Because I know you did. You had to have.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I did sneak on. I It was mainly, like, the first five days. I just didn't want to, like, be on it so much. And so I would go on it just to see if, like, my friend sent me something funny, you know, on Instagram. But, like, I didn't scroll. Like, I just, I really just tried to, like, focus on enjoying, like, having a little bit of a break. and And I felt like it really helped me, like, really get into, like, a vacation, hundred you know? percent.
0: I, in fact, my phone is still set to my annoying vacation mode, which I limited myself to. I think it was like thirty minutes a day of Twitter and and Facebook and Instagram combined. So every oh, wow. every day, like right in the morning, I hit that, and then the whole rest of the day, I'm doing that thing where it says like fifteen more minutes, fifteen more minutes, fifteen more minutes, fifteen more. Minutes. I'm like, why am I doing fifteen more minutes like this? But it's it runs out too early. But when I was on vacation, my main thing was just not being on social media as much as possible, and it really does change because the thing about social media is it never ends. It never, Mm -hmm. ever ends. And you can go down, down a wormhole so quickly and just start researching something. Like someone says something, you're like, Oh wait, what is that? And you just start researching and you follow it on Instagram. Then you go to Twitter. And then next thing you know, you're looking on Amazon, see if you should buy this thing. And it's like a whole big thing. And if you're Mm -hmm. just off of it, you kind of forget about it. And yes, it just keeps going, but you're not part of it.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Well, glad you got some time off. Good to have you back, even though uh, I have not seen you now in, what, four months?
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think it... Did you say four months? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's been... Oh, it's so
0: weird. It's been enjoyable. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's start with the first story of the day, Mac Ransomware. And I don't think that this is going to affect a lot of people but i want people to know about it because this article in malwarebytes has some really good tips on how to avoid malware and let me just give you the quick rundown most people think that there's nothing scary with a mac you know you can there's no viruses there's no malware and for the most part that is generally true but from time to time things do spring up and this one is called thiefquest thiefquest or a, i think it was called evilquest Uh, Yeah, So researchers are calling it both, but this software has the ability to search your system for passwords and cryptocurrency wallets, log what you type. And the way people are getting it is from downloading pirated software from a torrent website. And I don't think many of you are doing that. Maybe you are, I don't know. But the other thing is that it also has to break through all of these warnings on your Mac computer. So with the recent Macs, I think it was the last operating system, they started doing this thing where any software you install that's not from a trusted developer, you get a lot of windows that basically prohibit you from installing that software unless you go into your settings and specifically say, I want to allow this installation. It's under security settings, security and privacy. And then you go to general and it says allow apps downloaded from. And I... App Store and Identified Developers is what I have as my default, but if it's not one of those Identified Developers, it basically just stops the installation, and you have to know how to go in there to actually allow it. And so this stops a lot of stuff from from getting on your computer, but if you ignore all those warnings, which I do, because I do install software from Unidentified Developers, because I'm testing a lot of stuff, and just because they're unidentified doesn't mean they're bad. It just means that Apple, they haven't entered into like Apple's software program or whatever. Anyway, the point of this article in Malwarebytes is that Malwarebytes will detect this malware and remove it. But if your files get encrypted, they're not sure how bad because this system also locks up your software and demands ransom. So it locks up all your files and then says, hey, if you don't pay us, we just, you know, we'll delete all your files. And that happens pretty often on Windows computers, by the way. So the bottom line to this whole thing is that this, Malwarebytes blog post says you always want to have two backups of all of your important data and one should not be attached to your Mac at all times. Because if you just have like a, you know, on a Mac, you can do that time machine thing. If you just have a hard drive connected to your Mac, guess what? The ransomware or the malware will also find its way onto that hard drive and ruin your backup. So you don't want to do that. So this guy from Malwarebytes says he uses time machine to maintain a couple copies then a carbon copy cloner to maintain a couple more. And one of the backups is always in a safe deposit box at the bank and he swaps them periodically. Okay. That seems like a bit much. <laughs> you could probably just keep your hard drive. That's like I do. Though. Yeah. How many, I go to my bank for my safe deposit box and I also count my hundred dollar bills in there. And then I have my exactly. hard drive right under them. I don't think you need yeah. to do that, but I do see what he's saying keep keep an offsite drive so a drive that you back up to and keep it on a shelf in your office and ideally you would keep ideally what you would do is you'd have an online backup and a hard drive and just keep them in different places that's the main thing and he says if you have a good backup ransomware is no threat because The bottom line is if you're regularly backing up your computer, by the way, I said bottom line about 75 times just now, a little (laughs) rusty. Do you like that word? (laughs) I love the bottom line. It's always such a great, it's like bottom bottom line, what are we looking at here? You know, if you ever go to negotiate a car, it's like you go back and forth and back and forth. I was like, well, just give me the bottom line. Like, what is the deal here? How much do I have to pay for this thing? They got to go into the manager's (laughs) office and you sit there. Buying a car is the worst experience a human adult has to go through, I think. Yeah, one of the worst. Do you think so? I I really well. I have a person that I go to, and so basically, I only buy cars from like one place now because I've got a person. And I think people do find their guy. You know, I got a guy, but once you find them, guy. like this this woman I know, she literally gives me the bottom line price, like out the door. What is the price? What am I paying? I don't want to have to deal with. So all then this it
1: stuff. shouldn't be the worst experience.
0: <laughs> it hasn't been, but in my past yeah. experience, Megan, I've bought several cars, and it's always. Yeah. Been the worst, and so my next car I will definitely be buying. Remember Carvana, I'm probably gonna yes. go with that thing, like one of those kind of things. You know, where you just go online and you buy. It's probably my I'm saving up for a Tesla, so I mean that will be. I don't think they they fool around because I've looked at their website and there's no fooling around there. Anyway, you
1: will know what you want with Tesla. It'll be very straightforward. Yes.
0: Keep backups of your stuff and keep them in different places. And you should be okay. All right. Now, uh, let's see. That's you. There you are.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, This first question comes from John. Do you happen to know when iOS 14 public beta will be released?
0: Mm, Million dollar question, John. I think any day now. So from everything that I've experienced on the, I I did the developer one on a on a backup phone, and it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of changes in iOS 14. If there's ever time for a new iOS book, this would be the time because there are Megan so many changes you will not believe it, and a lot of them are are kind of small things, but they're very useful. And you know they said when iOS 13 came out, they said they're on like kind of a TikTok schedule where iOS 12 would be a big update. iOS 13 would not. Now iOS iOS 14 is a big, big update. So not only do we get the widgets on the home screen, but we also get uh, the app library, which is basically uh, an organized list of all your apps. But it's amazing, and it's very, it's been solid, solid, rock solid on. By the way, my primary phone, which you're not supposed to do, and I do not recommend doing, <laughs> even with the public beta, don't install it on your public on your on your main device because it could just go wrong. Like my phone last night, I had my first crash where just the whole thing just like, mm. Ooh. it didn't erase anything. But you know, and there's little things here and there and the battery life is really bad. So I used to never okay. care about battery life. My phone is going dead, uh, you know, three quarters of the way through the day or, or towards the end of the day. So it's definitely not something you want to install on your main device. I'm a tech guy for a living, so I will take that risk for you. But to answer John's question, I would say probably any day now, because the developer beta is so solid. I think Apple, after a couple of weeks of, of getting the feedback is going to be like, all right, we can launch this to the public as a beta. Don't forget, this is not the final software. Final iOS 14 right. will come out in September. That's when you should download it. But if you're tech inclined, the
1: safest that's then. the safest. <laughs> it's
0: just, here's the main thing you don't want to happen. You don't want to be in an emergency situation where you need to call 911 and your phone crashes and it does not work. That's kind of like the worst case scenario. Yeah, Instagram Mm -hmm. not working or, you know, but there's little things like Instagram may come up with an app update during the beta and it breaks the functionality of Instagram because they're not thinking about the beta. They're thinking about the average person and that's running the the final software. So these are the things you have to think about. What I did was I did a uh, encrypted backup through iTunes on my computer and so I have that. So if my phone totally goes kaput, then I can just restore it. But that's still a pain. Believe me, you don't you don't want to do this. So
1: yeah, <laughs> you don't want to do this. Let
0: let me do it. Let <laughs> let the tech folks in your life do it, and then you just
1: let Rich do it. Yeah. <laughs> all
0: right. So this is interesting, and it's something that happens all the time. If you have an Alexa or a Siri or a Google Assistant nearby, Sorry, it. I'm oh. Having trouble understanding. Okay. You, you can't hear that, but something just activated in my office here that says, sorry, it. Oh, you heard it. I heard it. it. Okay. So there you go. And I don't even know which one that was, <laughs> but the point is you have these things around and half the time you're just going on your merry life and they say, and they respond. And you're like, what, what did I say? I did not call you out by your keyword or hot word or whatever. You know, they all have their own phrases that you have to say. And these computer companies, computer, these tech companies have designed these keywords in a certain way so that we don't say a variation of them very often. And so that way, these little assistants can click into, you know, functionality when they need to, only when they need to. But it doesn't always work that way. And researchers now say they found over 1,000 phrases that incorrectly trigger these virtual assistants. And they did it through TV shows. They... They, their whole research paper is about TV shows saying stuff in dialogue that's activating these little devices in the background. And here's the interesting part about this. These are local triggers. So how these devices work, There's it's locally listening for the hot word, right? If you have S-I-R-I, it's H-Siri. Or if you have Google, it's I can't even say it because if I spell it <laughs> it's saying it. So it,
1: it'll it'll <laughs> know,
0: it'll trigger it. And you know the A word I can't even say because it it's just the A word. So if you say any of those things, it locally listens and it goes, "Okay, I think I heard that." And then it will send that information to the server if it thinks it heard it, and the server will analyze it and say, "Oh no, actually Rich said something else." And then it will just it will just die down. But in many cases it will still activate. So Here's some of the words. For the A word, you can say unacceptable, election, and A letter, and it might trigger her. For Google Home, you might say, okay, cool, and okay, who is reading? (laughs) And it might trigger that one. For Siri, it's A city and hey, Jerry. (laughs) And for Cortana, Montana. So now, you may try these at home and they may not work because here's what the researchers are saying that these things are so smart that they're updated in near real time by these tech companies. So once they saw this, they probably went in and manually tweaked these things just a little bit so they don't respond to these these phrases anymore. But they found a lot of phrases and they haven't published their full paper. But the bottom line is they say that these voice assistants can intrude on users' privacy even when they think their devices are not listening And if you're concerned about this, you might want to keep these things unplugged, turned off or blocked from listening, except when you actually want to use them, which kind of defeats the purpose of having the wake word because you want them listening so that you can use them. Amazon said to uh, Ars Technica, which is the uh, writers of this article not the paper, just the article. They said, by design, our wake word detection and speech recognition get better every day. As customers use their devices, we optimize performance. We continue to invest in improving our wake word detection technology and encourage the researchers of this paper to share their methodology so we can respond in further detail. So what Amazon's saying is like, look, we know this happens, but we are constantly, it's like a cat and mouse game. They're constantly making these things respond in a better way, but it does happen. And it, it, happens a lot
1: all right uh this next question comes from tara can you talk about the COVID tracker on our phones i would like to understand that more
0: mm, good question tara. very
1: timely very question. timely
0: because this is our story today on ktla and by the way i'm very proud of my graphic that i created for this did you see the blog post because i'm i'm very proud of this graphic. I did it with oh, Adobe Adobe Photoshop camera. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty good. Wow. Like if that doesn't make you want to click, I don't know what's going to. So yeah, the
1: red is just so exciting.
0: Right? It's like, wait, this is dangerous, this is fearful, this is interesting. This is
1: look at you. Clickbait. <laughs> yes.
0: It's clickbait, but in a way of I want you to know about this. And and so what happens is I love my job because I am on the, I know things from people before I even know things. Let me explain what that means. So I feel like the viewers or or followers that follow me are kind of like my little eyes and ears in the entire world. So even if I'm not experiencing something, they are emailing me because they are. So if they see something on social media that's suspect or weird or interesting, they email me. And when I get a bunch of these emails, I know something's, something's up. So with this coronavirus Mm -hmm. tracking, we had done a story on it a while back, and I thought nobody really cared. But then during this whole outage with T-Mobile a couple weeks ago, I guess people timed a social media post to say, oh, you know, when that outage happened on your cell phone, well, guess what? The company secretly installed coronavirus tracking software. And of course, this goes on fire on social media and it spreads and people ask me, like, is this true? And sure enough, it is true, the software is on your phone. If you have an Android or an iPhone, check it out. You can go on iPhone to settings, privacy, health, and you'll see COVID-19 exposure logging. If you go to Android, it's settings, Google, COVID-19 exposure notifications. This is the fastest I've ever seen a new feature hit almost every iPhone and Android in the world in a matter of months. And what it's doing, is it's not tracking you, but it's framework for tracking systems that states and health authorities are building. Now, Mm -hmm. have they built any frameworks that actually take advantage of Google and Apple system? Not really. So far, the only states that have said they are is North Dakota, Alabama, and South Carolina. 22 countries have also expressed interest, but, and according to the person I interviewed as well, he says that the problem with this system is that people don't trust big tech anymore. And it all started to unravel with Facebook's Cambridge Analytica scandal. And so the reality is this this framework is on your phone, but it's not activated. And the only way you can activate it is with an app. And right now there are no real apps to download. So I know that sounds very complicated and people are annoyed that this thing is on their phone, which by the way, I don't think you should be. Because if we actually had this active, it would really help in slowing the spread of coronavirus. Because right now, Megan, do you know how this thing is spreading?
1: By people being around people that have it.
0: <laughs> but like how and where and when, like we don't really yeah, no, know. We need,
1: we need like the data, exactly. And that's
0: what I'm saying. So if you- Yeah, like, this
1: will give us data.
0: I am 99% in my home but there are a few times when I leave my home to go to the grocery store or go to the gas station or whatever. And so if I had this on my phone, and let's say I came down with coronavirus, I would, or sorry, if, if I, no, if I, I don't want to say that. If I got a notification that said, oh, by the way, you were exposed, I'm like, oh, what? oh my gosh, I need to go get tested right now. So now Uh I get tested way earlier than I would have until, you know, waiting for symptoms to happen or whatever. And now I can stay inside my house for 14 days to let it pass and not pass it on to anyone in that time. That's why this system slows the spread. So we shouldn't really be against it. I get it. People don't like to be tracked, but every single expert that I've spoken to agrees that the system that Google and Apple came up with, does protect individual privacies. They're not using location. They're not using identities. They're simply using Bluetooth to measure how close you are to other smartphones. And that's it. And, and when one of those smartphones says, one of their owners says, oh, I got coronavirus, it emails or notifies the other phones that, you know, that came into contact with it. I mean, it's really a brilliant system. And yeah, Anyway, it's not active. It's not really there. It's not doing anything. But if you want to check and see what it's doing on your phone, go ahead. Take a look. You can't uninstall it. So it's there. And I hope that a big state like California or New York pledges support for this thing. I don't know why they're not. California should have been on board from day one. Apple and Google, I'm sure, lobbied them. And they just, I don't know why they didn't want to do it. Uh, Maybe they just thought privacy. They They didn't think it would be a good enough sell to citizens. And that could be a very valid thing. Um, but it's unfortunate because I do think as a tech person, this could slow the spread. So, okay. Yeah. I'll get off my soapbox. Uh, (laughs) let's see. Let's talk about YouTube TV. I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on this, but YouTube TV, which is their cable TV offering live TV, all these channels, they are raising the price again. And the price has gone up from when I first covered this thing from 35 bucks a month. Now it is up to. $65 a month. And what do you get? Well, you get 85 channels, which is awesome. They just added all the Viacom channels, BET, CMT, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon. And in fact, when I first covered this, the reason I did not sign up for YouTube TV other than a free trial was because they did not have Nick Jr. And uh, what was the other one? What's the other kid's channel? Disney Jr. I think they might've had one of those. (laughs) I know they didn't have Nick Jr. So I, I said, nah, but the problem is everyone's going crazy about the fact that this is so expensive, but the reality is this is just cable TV. And what do you expect? They're not, you're not going to get a, you know, spectrum for, you know, spectrum charging $90 a month and then YouTube charging 20 and it's the same exact service. It just doesn't work that way these companies that own these channels make money based on charging these cable companies, a certain amount for each channel. So it's just not happening. And as, as YouTube TV continues to add channels, they just hike up the price just like regular cable. So if you're looking for an alternative to regular cable, you got to find an alternative. And it's what I've done, which I don't have standard cable. I have a bunch of streaming services. And I have a lot of them, so they all add up to about what I was paying for cable. But I like the ability to get rid of them when I want to, sign up when I want to. Same thing with YouTube. With YouTube TV, you can pause it if you don't want it. So maybe what you do is you pause it for six months and then you come back to it. But I don't see a big need for a cable package in my life anymore because I like to watch shows on demand. And for my local streaming, I use an antenna. For ktla and that's all i need mm-hmm. and so it, w- it was funny though actually on our vacation when we went on a road trip when we were staying at the hotel the uh, the the kids are not aware of regular tv like channels so the t- the hotel room had direct tv and so i'm not kidding you megan my kids were so enthralled with the idea of like nick jr they watched it non-stop oh because they couldn't believe that like shows just ran At a certain time and then the commercials they were going nuts over because they had never seen commercials before and so they're sitting there well they don't watch tv they don't watch regular tv so right right. they were no i
1: know i just grew up with that so i like that's so wild to me every
0: single commercial they they called me into the room dad you gotta you gotta see this thing and i'm like kids it's a commercial and i'm like okay that does look cool because i don't really see him either but it's like it was just the funniest it's like
1: the commercials were working on them. Like they oh, wanted to buy everything,
0: <laughs> everything. I mean, they were writing things down. They were waiting for oh, the, the commercials come gosh. on over and over. So every time it would come on, they'd call me into the room again. And, you know, and by the way, we weren't watching TV on the, on the vacation most of the time, but you know, at night when my wife and I were getting ready for dinner or whatever, we'd put on TV for them, you know, it was like just right. for a little portion, but it was just the funniest thing. Cause it just, it really, just made me realize how out of the loop they are from, like the way I grew up watching cartoons on like a Saturday morning or after school, where you just tune yeah. into the channel and you see what's on. And nowadays, yep. everything is so kind of figured out. But great question yeah. about wow. coronavirus. I think I answered most of it. So if I didn't, well, look at the story at kta.com/slash-tech or just go to richontech.tv and look for coronavirus tracking. All right. This was really cool. I'm always on the lookout for a new poker app and easy poker seems like a real promising app. And I know I've mentioned other poker apps in the past to help you host a virtual game because of the whole stay at home situation, but easy poker works for that. But the reality is the guys or the team behind this. Devise this as an actual replacement for cards and chips. So even if you were having a game in your home, which right now we're not really doing, but if you could, this you would still use this because everyone's got a smartphone and it just kind of takes care of all the, um, I guess, uh, what's it, inefficiencies in a standard game, which is cards, mm-hmm. counting, chips, whatever. Now personally, I don't really want to replace my poker games with my friends with the chips and everything. I don't want to replace that experience. I like that. And so I don't think it's going to replace it, but I think it is a a fun concept. And the concept is you can play poker at any time with your friends and you can all be anywhere. So easy poker, um, a couple things that they did to make it cool. Um, Number one, You don't have to install like a credit card. You don't have to register with like a credit card because all these like poker apps, they want you like a credit card immediately. Most of them are played horizontally, but you hold your cards vertically. So you hold your phone vertically, which is a small thing, but it's actually quite important. And then also you can hide your cards. So you tap to kind of look at your cards and then you can just put your phone down and your cards are hidden. It automatically hides those. So again, this was created by real poker players to emulate what a real game would be like. It just so happens they launched it at the perfect time where it also works for a virtual game. And I kind of tested this out just a little bit where you sign up for a game and then you just text the link to your friends. They have to download the app and sign up, but that's it. It doesn't ask them for a credit card or anything. Um, which I'm wondering what it means for the money, like how you would settle out if you're actually trying to play with real money. Anyway, the website is easy.poker. So I think it's really cool. I want to check it out with my friends. So far, my friends have hosted a bunch of these virtual poker games. I have not played any of them, but I am going to do one with this. And I think they're Mm -hmm. all going to be blown away at just how easy and fun this is. Uh, I think it looks really cool. Anyway, if you want the real experience, by the way, which gives you the most out of the app, you're gonna, the host is gonna have to pay 40 bucks a year for the membership, or you can pay $6 a month, but $40 a year is a way better deal. Pay for it once, and then you get up to 12 players, and you can customize your game. If you just do the four players free game, you don't get to really customize stuff. And there's no video chat on this one. There's only audio chat, which is probably just fine. So you can audio chat with your friends while you do this, or you just fire up zoom on a separate computer. You're all in zoom and you're just playing together. I mean, it's, I think it's such a cool little app. I can't wait to play. So
1: that is really cool. Maybe I'll try it. Even though I've never played poker, You never played (laughs) poker. No, never.
0: Mm. Well, Lindsay used to play. We played a lot in college with my friends, like pretty much like all the time. And so Lindsay used to play with us, my wife and, um, It was funny because she got good, you know, she got good after, you know, a while, but I don't, I don't think she's played in a long time.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's a good skill to have. (laughs)
0: It's it's fun. All right. What's up?
1: Okay. Next question comes from Brenda. Hi, Rich. Was wondering if you could give me any feedback on how the ring security system works. What is the service like? And I see they have different prices for plans for the monitoring. I am looking at the apartment people one. My doorbell would would um, let's see. My doorbell, from what from what I can see, will not catch anything. Do you also know if I have a have to provide permission to install from the leasing office?
0: All right, let's her break her some of this I'm down. Saying. So, yeah, she wants to know. Number one, uh, the ring. So the ring works this way: you install the ring on your door, and when someone walks past it, it will start recording. It will send you a notification. It will save that clip and boom, you're good. Now, to get that feature and that functionality, you do have to pay for a subscription plan. And so their basic subscription plan is $3 a month or $30 a year. I would always pay for the $30 a year because you're gonna save, and believe me, you're doing this thing over and over. You're in, you're out. So I know it doesn't seem like a lot to save $6 a year, but if you do it for five years, that's now an extra year that you've saved. So I would do that. And here's the thing about ring doorbells that people don't realize. If you don't pay for a subscription, they will still work. And you can still look in on your doorbell or your camera. The difference is that it will not um, record the clips for you and save them. So that's the big difference, is that you don't get the history. So what does that mean? It means that if you were not looking through your door at the moment that someone walked by, well, you're not gonna capture them. You're not gonna see them. So you definitely it's kind of one of these things where you kind of have to pay for it for it to actually work. And nest cameras are the same way. Now wise cameras are not that way. Wise, the little cheap, uh, $20 security cameras, they will record clips for 14 days on a rolling basis. So if someone came up to your camera in within 14 days, that clip will be saved to your account for free. So, sure. it, you know, but you have to know these little delineations The peephole camera is one that they specifically created for people that live in apartments or condos. Uh, It's on sale right now, 80 bucks. That's a fantastic deal. It's very simple to install. I have not done it myself, but all you have to do is remove the existing peephole, which I imagine you just unscrew it and then put this in, it fits in the same hole and then uh, you just screw it back on and boom. I don't think there's any damage to the door. There's no drilling of new holes. So I don't think personally that you need to get permission from your apartment manager. Of course, I'm not your leasing manager, but I would think that as long as you're not damaging your building, it should be fine. By the way, this is a 4th of July sale. This is a great deal. 50 bucks off. Wow. That's really good. Oh, wow. So, wow, that's... Oh, wow. It ends on... Well, by the time a lot of people listen to this, it might be ended. It's July 6th, but that's a great deal. 80 bucks for this thing. So I would jump on it, and I think that's going to be a fantastic solution for a home. When I lived in an apartment, this would have been a great little solution for my door because... know if someone's coming up to your door that's that's the point of entry for an apartment is your door so if you've got a little ring thing on there and yes someone can pull it off or break it but i mean what are you gonna do that's the risk you take so i would i would say go for it good question uh did i answer everything in the question she wanted to know uh yeah you did cool this was really fun this week and uh (laughs) I love dinosaurs. Jurassic Park is one of my all-time favorite movies, um, if not my favorite movie. I have not watched it with my kids just yet, but I love that movie. I've watched it many times and it's just something about the idea of bringing back dinosaurs and the way they presented it in that movie was so realistic of like, wow, we might like... The idea of just yeah. extracting DNA and, and kind of rebuilding it was to me like very feasible as a kid. Mm-hmm. So I, I loved it and I was so sad to see the whole thing kind of come tumbling down. Spoiler alert, but you can now bring to life 10 dinosaurs from Jurassic World uh, on Google. All you have to do is search for a dinosaur name on Google, on your phone, and just, you'll see a little box that says view in 3d, and then it will bring up the dinosaur and you can put it in your backyard. It kind of, so what it does is it, it, uses a camera on your phone so you can see your surroundings, but it places the dinosaur in augmented reality in those surroundings. It's so cool. It's so much fun. I did a little video about this on my Instagram at rich tech and people went nuts. People went nuts on Facebook I always love when I think something's really cool and then I post it and people think it's really cool. I'm like, yes, I was mm-hmm. justified in spending an hour doing this video. And then sometimes I post stuff and it's like uh, crickets, <laughs> which is fine too. And you know, I'm not always right with what I think people would find interesting, but a lot of times I am. You were right about the, what was the thing we did that went viral? The, uh, the
1: pizza oven,
0: the pizza <laughs> oven went viral. The, uh, Megan, um, Megan's actually a secret, uh, viral <laughs> sense sensei. What is it, sensei, sensei? You, <laughs>
1: sensei. You
0: have a knack for for figuring out things that would go viral because we've What's done the a, other
1: thing. I feel like I haven't had that much. Oh yeah, I? the other
0: one was the um the rain thing. The um, that was the first one
1: the ring thing.
0: Remember the rain, the rain, the umbrella thing. Oh,
1: the rain. Yeah. Oh yeah. That that's, was, yeah, that was me. <laughs>
0: that's still, you know, that's, that's still one of our all time greatest hits. So I know,
1: but I was, I was, I was there for the, the foldy mate, but I didn't shoot that. That was you. That yeah. Was, but you, but you were,
0: viral. you were instrumental in that. Cause we would, we would sit there and we would do, um, we would run by like the captions, you know, cause a lot of things when they go viral, I, I hate to say a lot of it's the caption. It's gotta be, yeah. it's gotta be quick. It's gotta encapsulate what you're gonna experience. It can't give everything away. I mean, mm-hmm. you can never figure out when something's gonna go viral, but in my history of being at KTLA, and you know, really I didn't, I, I've had a couple of these hits, but like the thing is, there's always like some sort of surprise or some sort of payoff that's like really interesting that you wanna share with your friends. That's kind of what I've noticed. So anyway, the dinosaur thing didn't go viral, but it definitely did well. and. All you have to do is, like I said, search for one of these names. It works with Tyrannosaurus rex, Velociraptor, Triceratops, Spinosaurus, Stegosaurus, Brachiosaurus, Ankylosaurus, Di, oh my gosh. Dilophosaurus, Petrodon, and (laughs) Parasaurophilus. I I stopped at like
1: Tyrannosaurus. What's that? The names are the best part.
0: I Now, if you want to get really geeky, it does work on Android. It does work on iOS, but only on certain devices, specifically an AR core enabled device on Android, but just try it and see if it works. The one thing that I did not know when I posted the video that I now know is, and this is really sly on uh, Android's part or Google's part, the sounds, which are probably the best part of this, other than the dinosaur, only work on Android. So a lot of these people are emailing me and saying, Rich, I can't hear the sounds on my iPhone. And I'm telling them how to turn up the volume and change the settings. And it turns out after further reading that they only enabled the sounds in Google and on Android. I'm guessing that's for some technical reason that the iPhone doesn't offer. I don't know. It seems like they just did that as a, you know, we got you.
1: Yeah. iPhone
0: ain't that great.
1: All right, this next question comes from Lorraine. Reviews on a cell phone holder for a car um, in in Indiana take effect. Let's see, wait, what? Reviews on cell phone holder. Oh, she just wants to know about a cell phone holder for a car. I guess there's a law that takes effect on July 1st that you cannot hold your phone in your hand while you drive in Indiana. <laughs> oh,
0: wow, Indiana getting on board a little yeah, bit what? late. We've had that like, rule in California. Crazy. How many years have we had that? Wow. Forever. Yeah. Okay. But you know, every, this is the beauty of America. Every state makes its own rules and Indiana felt like they didn't need one till now. I am so surprised at that, by the way. That's wild. Me too. It is interesting yeah. when I travel to different states though, like how much of a difference there is in, in different states. And that's part of what's cool about America is that each state does what's best for themselves. But it's also really weird when you travel a lot because it's just like one big law, like, okay, in Los Angeles, like you can't drink walking down the street. But in Las Vegas, like, oh, whatever, just go ahead, have a giant, you know, margarita and one of those like giant margarita things like down the street. It's like, what? Um yeah. Or like New Jersey, exactly. it's like I got out of my car to start pumping gas and I was like getting yelled at from the guy and he's like, no, pumping gas. And I should have remembered because I grew up in Jersey where you can't pump your own gas, but I'm so used to it in California that oh when gosh. I go home, I just forget. <laughs> um, I didn't know
1: that. Yeah.
0: Or when I moved up to Washington state and I went to buy, we were making, oh my gosh, this is how, this is how dated this is. Uh, I was making apple teenies. Remember those when those were like hot? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, no. no, you don't
0: because you're so young, but Apple teenies were like the hottest drink going for a little bit. And so, I was trying to find the stuff to make an Apple teeny, and I go to like a liquor store on a by the way, in California, they sell wine and everything inside like a Ralph's. In other states, not the case. Like, you go to these states, and you have to go to like a state they call it like a package store in some States or like a, you know, a state, like what was the state? I think it was Washington state. You had to go to a state liquor store, which by the way, were closed on certain days, like a Sunday. So, I mean, it's really interesting. Just the difference. A lot of it has to do with booze, Megan. Okay, <laughs>
1: I know you know so much know, about I'm booze.
0: sort of an expert. So my recommendation for the clip for your car. Oh my gosh. When I lived in Louisiana, you could drive through and get a, a daiquiri through a drive-through daiquiri what? store
1: No. yes
0: <laughs> yes and by the way before i got there right before they they shut down the fact that the passenger could drink the daiquiri while you were driving them but they shut that down because they said you know what it's probably safer if nobody in the car is drinking but what they would do when you got your daiquiri is they would tape down the straw And that was a universal sign to an officer that pulled you over that like, no, I've not been drinking this. It's the straw is taped. you see the tape? Yeah. I mean,
1: that is insane. So
0: wild. So wild. All right. um, let, Let me just tell you about this. Um, what my recommendations are for the clips if you want, since it's new to you and you probably want to spend a little bit of money on a nice clip for your car, my absolute favorite is called ProClipUSA.com and you will find a custom solution for your car. So, if you have a you know, whatever car you have, they've gone into it and they have looked and seen where the best placement is for a holder for your phone, and it's all custom. It fits perfectly. Your phone snaps in. They even have great things where like if you have an iPhone, it just snaps right into the charging cradle so that your phone is always charging. It's really slick. It's a little bit more expensive, probably about $90 for that solution, but I'm telling you it is the best. And that's what I'd recommend. If you want a cheap solution, I like what's called the Kino Airframe. And so just look up the Airframe. That's really good, but it's super easy, super cheap. And then the other one I like that I've not tested, but I see commercials for it and it looks really cool is the WeatherTech cup phone. And it's like a, you put it in your cup holder and it holds your phone and I like that. It looks really cool. To me, I would not want to use up one of my cup holders because I value my cup holders. But if you don't mind, then go ahead.
1: <laughs> That's a really funny comment after your whole spiel about
0: this. Yeah. yeah, true. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> okay uh let's move on this is uh this ranks as one of the all-time most popular stories i've done at ktla and i'm seeing a trend the wise camera was one but i think this actually beat out the wise camera i did a story on a 28 dollars pair of wireless earbuds and a 36 dollars smartwatch from a company called let's fit and people really like these things people are buying them they're telling me that they bought them And I will tell you the watch I'm not as hot on as the wireless earbuds, the wireless earbuds for $28. I was very impressed with. In fact, I saw them go down to as cheap as $20 on Amazon, but even at $28, I thought they were fine. They have a USB C charging cable, which I thought was great. They come in a little charging case. You get six hours of playback. I tried them on my spin bike. I tried them with some runs and they stayed in my ears for the most part, as you know, some of these things, they kind of, my wife and I were discussing this last night. And if you ever use, even with your AirPods, Megan, when you're working out, don't you feel like you have to push them back in once in a while?
1: Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's just,
0: it's just with everything that's like just hanging on your ear. You just have to push it back in for more secure. So yes, I had to push them back in a little bit, but did they fall out? No. I think that these are a fantastic combination of value and price. You get the pause on the side, you get the play on the side, you get the assistant on the side and so far every person that's ordered not every person but a lot of people have tweeted me and said rich i really like these things and for 28 bucks if you lose them or they get damaged or whatever or you don't even like them i mean you could return them to amazon if you don't like them that much but it's like 28 bucks i mean you're not out that much you know so This is a company called let's fit. I'll put the link if you want to buy them. I'm not trying to sell them to you. I'm just saying I'm always on the lookout for like a good value. And this seems to be a pretty good value. Don't get me wrong. These are not AirPods and they're not trying to replace AirPods, but it, you know, there's a, there's different folks that want different things. And I think this is a great little thing to get the smartwatch, $36. I thought was fine. I would not recommend this as my smartwatch, but if you want just basic smartwatch functionality, I like the fact that this thing kind of looks like an Apple watch, but it doesn't look cheap. Uh, The software is just fine. It's nothing special. But again, for $36, if you just want a basic watch that you're saying, hey, Rich, I don't really want an Apple watch. I just want something simple and cheap. Boom. There you go. All right. All right. Wow. We're actually out of time, which, which I can't believe, but we uh, are? Yeah, oh my God. this podcast went really fast. Do you want to do, do you have a quick question or no?
1: Um, let's see. Someone asked, this is kind of quick. Uh, Georgine asked, um, I listened to quite a few podcasts and I'm wondering after you've listened to them, is there a way to delete them individually? They're taking a lot of taking up a lot of room on my phone. So I'd like to get rid of old ones.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, that's funny. I got this question at work from Richie, our camera guy. He was looking, he was saying, cause if you just let the podcast app on, I'm assuming it's iPhone. If you let the podcast app on iPhone, just do its own thing. When you subscribe, it will gobble up all of your memory on your phone because it'll just download a whole bunch of episodes and it can take up gigs and gigs. So check for that number one. But number two, the way you do this is just go to your library and then go to episodes and swipe from the right to the left on a particular episode, and that will delete it off your phone, but it will not unsubscribe you. She's saying she doesn't wanna unsubscribe to the podcast. Now, alternatively, you can go to library and then shows, and then once you're on a show, hit the menu button and then delete from library, and that will delete all of the shows downloaded episodes at once, but it will keep your subscription. So new shows will still come through. And I I agree with, uh, who is it, Georgine, George? Georgiana, Georgine. I agree. These things can gobble up a lot of memory, but it's very, the podcast app on iPhone is not very intuitive for figuring out what you want to do. And so I think that, uh, this is something that I've run into where I'm like, wait, I just deleted the whole show because you think, oh, swipe left on left to right on a show and it's like the whole thing is gone. So again, this is the way to do it for individual episodes or all of them that you've downloaded. Real quick, I mentioned last week that I talked to a travel vlogger, Josh McNair. He runs a website and a YouTube channel called California Through My Lens. Really nice guy. I just wanted to share the secrets he has to planning the perfect road trip, which I concur with. Number one, Roadside America app. I hope I didn't mention this last week. But Roadside America app is fantastic for finding all those unique attractions. Uh, You know, I feel like I did mention this last week, but maybe I didn't. I can't remember. You weren't here, so you did not even know. Uh, Atlas Obscura is a website that focuses on bigger cities. So it helps you find kind of hidden gems in those cities. Road Trippers is really cool. It's kind of like Google Maps, but it helps you plot out your stops and the distance and not only the distance, but the time between those stops. Cause most of the time you say, okay, I want to drive for four hours at a clip. And then, you know, you can plan that out. It'll even tell you your gas estimates. Yelp, He now I know you know Yelp, but he has a really unique way of searching it, which is my favorite way of searching. When you're in a city that you haven't been into, sort by most reviewed. And this will reveal the places that people are talking about the most because it has the most reviews. And then AllTrails app is fantastic, sort by most popular, again, to find the best hikes. I love AllTrails. Instagram, this is why I said Josh and I were travel soulmates because he searches Instagram the same way I do. I always use it as a way to kinda peek into the place that I'm going before I go, whether that's a restaurant. And you go to the recent pictures or the stories because there's the people that were just there and they're posting these things, you know, 24 hours, 48 hours ago. Or even that day, and it's like, oh, that restaurant is, you know, people are wearing masks, or not, whatever. You can see exactly what's happening. His example was, if you're looking for waterfalls on your trip, you know that the waterfall is running or not. In California, that's kind of a big thing because they're not always running. And then YouTube, his method for searching YouTube is don't just search a city name. Search that city name plus things to do or city name plus best restaurants or city name plus best hikes and that kind of gives you a visual guide to where you're going. I think those are all fantastic little
1: Those are awesome
0: little tips. Can you believe it? That's going to do it for this episode of the show. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer, just go to richontech.tv and hit the email button at the bottom of the page. Also, we would love it if you would rate and review this podcast. It helps other people discover it. And plus, you know, just for vanity reasons, we like having a lot of good reviews. <laughs> just go to ratethispodcast.com slash rich on tech. Rate this podcast.com slash rich on tech. Megan, can you read one of our latest reviews?
1: Yes. Um, let's see. When you think you know just about everything about household tech, you haven't until you listen to Rich on Tech. Rich keeps me posted on the latest tech, along with new things to try from the latest apps on iOS or Android to home networking and mobile devices. I'm quite new to his podcast, so more to come. And that was from Substance underscore P.
0: Unfortunately, Substance underscore P recently unsubscribed. So (laughs) just kidding. No, no. Thank you so much for the uh, five-star review. If you would like your, your review read on the show, just go to ratethispodcast.com slash richontech. And thank you for that awesome, awesome review. Producer Megan, where can folks find you on social media?
1: I am on Twitter at producer Megan.
0: Awesome, awesome. And you can find me at Rich on tech just about everywhere. My name is Rich Demiro. On behalf of everyone that gets this show to your ears, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you real soon. Bye.